0: pilot episode of the Fair Catch Kick podcast, intended to be a sort of bite-sized, easily digestible, 10 to 15-minute fantasy football podcast. Most of the podcasts right now are 45 minutes, 60 minutes. They're thorough. They're in-depth. They're pretty good. But as everyone is not commuting to work, which is, frankly, when I listen to most of my fantasy football podcasts. Something 10, 15 minutes that you can listen to when you go to sleep is what our goal is here. So introducing my co-host, Anthony
1: LaFrere. Hey guys, my name is Anthony Laferri. Uh Just a quick backstory about Paul and I, we've been best buds for, for like 15 years, I want to say, and we love fantasy football. We've been in the same league together, very competitive, a lot of fun, and hopefully you guys can have some fun and get the edge in your fantasy football league.
0: Cool. So what we're going to do every week is we're going to come with a different topic. It's going to be something small. For example, this week's topic is going to be our pick for top five overall draft picks who we would take if we had each pick, you know, we'll probably come to you with number six through 10 in our, our next episode. If this first episode ever sees the light of day and doesn't completely flop because the two of us don't know what we're doing. For today's topic, again, numbers one through five, who we would draft. You know, it's Anthony, it's really different this year. Last year, when I was going through my analysis, I remember tiering players. And it was like this absolute clear cut. One was Barkley, two was C-Mac, three was Alvin Kamara. And then you had this sort of like flux of high risk players like Zeke who we didn't know if he was going to hold out or not you know DJ Le'Veon Bell Gurley we didn't know what they were going to do this year it's totally different there's a debatable first tier of like 10 guys you know if, if I have the 10th 11th pick I'm okay I feel pretty good about it have you have you given any thoughts to it yet
1: you know, that's a, that's a good point. It was a lot more top-heavy. It was a lot more high-risk, high-reward last year. I mean, I was thinking of my top five, and there are guys that I would put 8, 9, 10 in that, like you said, that's cool. And you know what? If you're in a position to pick your pick, you can't get picks 1, 2, or 3, and you can pick anything else besides that. Go for 12, 11, or 10. You're going to get that wraparound, and that's going to help you a lot you'll be in the beginning of the second round you'll get a really good guy to fall to you that really you'd be like wow i can't believe this guy fell to me
0: yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair and that, that goes to a little bit of draft strategy but hey let's hit this off our promise was 10 to 15 minutes so let's get rolling you want me to go first or you want to do the honor number five we're going five to one
1: i think i'll go first on this one because i i have a feeling you're going to have this guy higher even than me because i know <laughs> you love this guy dalvin hook Really, really liked Alvin Cook from when he was a rookie. They say it takes like a year for you to come back from the ACL. He did that. He had 1,100 yards. He had 13 touchdowns. He's doubled his output every year in the league. So if that holds true, he'll have 2,200 yards. But in all seriousness, I love his talent. He's also a good catch of the ball. Last year, he had 50 catches for 500 yards. PPR, that's an extra 100 points for you. That could make the difference between twelve and eight, or eight and five, or five and three. Even love Dalvin Cook.
0: So, so we intentionally did not confer before this, so that we didn't come with each other's biases, and we could sort of hear it genuinely from each other. My number five is also Dalvin Cook.
1: <laughs> that's that's surprising. I thought you were going to put him higher. What do you like about Dalvin?
0: Minnesota's offensive line is kind of inconsistent from a pass blocking perspective. But their outside zone scheme just fits what Dalvin likes to do. And when they plug in Alexander Madison behind, you saw what he was able to do running uh, off the tackle. And, and I just believe it's, it's the right fit of an offense for him. You know, he's got the pass-catching ability, and those 51 catches last year were no fluke. He's got good hands, and he can, he, he can turn vertical and take it up the field real quick with some big play. With some big playability.
1: I love Dalvin. I have a feeling he's going to fall. That could be a guy you get at 8, nine, ten. That's going to help you win your draft.
0: Yeah, for some reason, people don't think he's as sexy as some of the others. My number four is Henry. I had him two years ago. And, you know, that was when he sort of turned it on at the end of the year with the 299-yard game, whatever he did against the Jaguars. And he's a beast. But, like, every time he would get touched by a fingernail, he would sort of fall down. You know, he's a, a different kind of, of talent. You know, to, to if you imagine like a Brandon Jacobs with, with with some actual speed and and can run on the second at the second level. Look, I mean, the productivity was ridiculous last year, and it got even more ridiculous in the playoffs. That offensive line is tremendous from a run blocking perspective. They're a top three statistical run blocking unit. They even did all that last year with right guard issues and. You know, as somebody that runs more inside the tackles, if they can fix their uh, right guard hole this year, that will really elevate Derrick Henry. The only reason he's not higher on my list is PPR. He doesn't have that, maybe the potential of some of the others.
1: That's a good point. I actually had him outside my top five. I had him very close to it. A couple Mm -hmm. of concerns on my part is he really only shot off towards the end of last season where he just became the monster and obviously the playoffs. And I think football, everybody is a little overreactionary, And I also worry with the Titans in general, I think they caught lightning in a bottle and I don't think they're surprising anyone this year. They can't fall behind. See Dalvin, at least with, with Kirk cousins, he could at least make defenses respect him. I don't know with Tannehill, how long defenses are really going to respect him. It's too high risk, high reward. I want to see him do it a little bit longer before I say, yeah, definite top five. Um, and just, just to respond quick,
0: that's really fair. You know, yeah. one of the things that I look at when I'm, when I'm drafting a running back is purely volume. As long as he stays healthy, he will have the most running touches next year. So, I just yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty safe. But, you know, again, I'm okay with him at six. Like I said, there is a larger top tier this year.
1: I I think I might value him, too, more in the short term than the long because he just, to me, seems like the kind of back that once he starts breaking down, he's going to break down in a hurry. Keep that in mind if you're in a dynasty league, too. My number four, I got Michael Thomas. He is my top receiver on the board, spoiler alert. Dude's just a PPR machine. He just catches a lot of short, intermediate stuff. He can go deep when needs be, but he's just the perfect wide receiver for Drew Brees, who's becoming more and more reliant upon dinking and dunking. And outside of Alvin Kamara, I honestly don't know who he's going to throw the ball to. This guy's just a lock for 120-something catches and close to 10 touchdowns and a ton of yards. I just really like Michael Thomas.
0: It's so hard to make an argument against Michael Thomas. I would probably say he's the second most physical route runner to DeAndre Hopkins, his hands are, are incredible. They just have a rapport between the two of them that is, that is phenomenal. I debated Michael Thomas in my top five. I didn't put him there only because I think if I have the fourth or fifth pick where you could argue Michael Thomas would go, the running back talent thins out faster and I would rather grab a running back first. But, but from, a, from a production standpoint, I can't argue that pick.
1: So here's where I think we're going to really start to disagree. I got Saquon Barkley at number three. Paul's laughing because he knows why. Ironically, he's a West Coast Giant fan, and I'm a New York Dallas Cowboy fan. My beef with Saquon Barkley is the Giants offensive line is god-awful, and it forces a guy who he's got a ton of talent at you know, running back, but it makes him into a home run hitter. And the, the, the two guys I have ahead of him, I just think are going to be more consistent going forward and their offense is just better suited for them than Barkley. However, if you're in a league that provides bonuses for long touchdown runs, that could make him worth a little bit more than just a standard PPR league.
0: Nobody in the last four years, three years, has complained more about the Giants' offensive line than me especially being a pretty staunch Eli supporter, which got extremely difficult towards the end of that career. Truth. But Andrew Thomas is really good. Nate Solder is, is terrible. I think he led the league in uh, receiving quarterback hurries. Will Hernandez coming into his second year is a beast. Kevin Zeitler was actually really steady at right guard, and that was a really, really major and underrated pickup for them. Because I think you and I agree, it's not a talent issue why you ranked him three as opposed to, opposed to two and one. It's more a, a, a function of the offensive line. And I think if Matt Pert, their second round pick, can step up or Nick Gates, their undrafted free agent pick from 2017 or 2018, can step up and, and take that right guard spot so that Andrew Thomas can move to left, I think you're going to see some holes open up for Saquon and he's not going to have one of those games, you know, another game where he had a couple last year, 16 carries for 16 yards, whatever that was uh, to flip the script on you. My number three is Zeke. Look, he he's very talented. He catches the ball. I would put you. And if anybody's ever seen LaFerre run, um, I would put LaFerre behind that offensive line for the past eight years and LaFrary could gain positive yardage. You know, my one question is, can they replace Frederick? We'll see, but I think year in, year out, the production, you know, he warrants his first round pick output.
1: I, I, I understand why you put him at three, so I'm gonna just shoot to my number two because it goes right into it. Zeke is my number two. The same reason I think I know who your number two is. I'm just a big Dallas Cowboy fan, so that's a little bias there, obviously. Let me just explain a couple things. Number one, Travis Frederick is a valid concern. However, Zeke did pretty well with him out of the lineup. I believe it was Joe Looney was his backup. He did a fine job, and they drafted a a guy out of Nebraska. I think he was in the third or the fourth round. I forget his name, but the guy is is probably going to take over as the starter within a year or two. I think he's going to be fine on that account. I really – Paul can attest to how much I complained about Zeke last year, how he had a down year. But total yards, he had close to 1,800 yards. He scored 14 total TDs. That's a down year. He can catch the football. He can block, which means he'll stay in most of the time unless he asks to come out of the game, which I think he did that a lot last year because – He wasn't in camp, and I don't think he was properly game-conditioned. And another reason why I like him going forward is Jason Garrett is gone. Hooray. Jason Garrett's offense is stuck in 1992. He never really utilized him in the passing game. So I really like him going forward. I think they're going to be much better with McCarthy. They'll have better game plans, and they'll use him more like the weapon he is.
0: We're, we're we're certainly splitting hairs all 5 of the running backs that we mentioned are three down running backs so you know the volume's going to be there for all three my only question is can you replace frederick but i think the rest of that offensive line is so good that it probably doesn't matter i think saquon and christian mccaffrey are 1a and 1b as when i originally did this ranking i had christian mccaffrey 1 and saquon 2 My only question on Christian McCaffrey is, you know, we have Matt Rule coming in, right? Matt Rule runs a spread-style offense, which I don't really know if it is the best fit for, for Bridgewater. So I think you see McCaffrey out in more pass routes, but I also think he has to be in more pass protection. And he's just gotten beat up over the past few years. So there's a little bit of risk there. Uh, again, I mean, his, his output last year was just ridiculous. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. You know, 1387 on the ground, 1,000 yards uh, in through the air, uh, 19 total touchdowns, I think it was. Um, the other thing is that Rule went in and rebuilt the offensive line. They have three new, st- new starters, including – Russell Okung. So, I just think I'm putting Christian McCaffrey as number two only because part of ranking running backs is, you know, part of their output is based on scheme, and there's a little bit of a question mark. We don't know exactly how they're going to use him, but again, we're splitting hairs. See, I- Saquon, as, as long as he's as long as he's healthy, and if I'm right about the Giants' offensive line. I certainly don't mean to be biased, and, and, and I'm looking at this you know, as objectively as I'm able to. If the guard situation improves where Will Hernandez is able to pull a little bit more, and we can rally around Andrew Thomas and Zeitler, I think you're going to see a lot more holes, and it becomes less about Saquon making the big play and more about Saquon having a steadier 4, or 5, 6 yards per carry more consistently through games.
1: I got to disagree with you in the fact that it's a 1A, 1B. Here's my super hot take. I think he could possibly have an even better output this year because they brought in Bridgewater after they brought in the new coach, so he had to sign off on that. Teddy Bridgewater is an underneath guy that is perfect for McCaffrey. So he may not have the rushing yards – but in terms of the receiving yards and the receptions, I actually think that could go up. I mean, yeah. practically a, a slot receiver as it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I wonder, like, if his father was a, a wide receiver or something in his day. <laughs> I just – I love McCaffrey. For me to put anybody ahead of Zeke Elliott, I have to think is special. Could he get beat up? Could he get – yeah, that's possible because he's not the biggest dude in the world, but he – he kind of reminds me toughness of of Steve Smith that he plays much bigger than his stature, and I think for one years, two years, three years, until Saquon proves that he's got a line that he could be more consistent, or Zeke finally is rid of that that buffoon of a head coach that is the biggest anchor on the offense that sunk the Titanic. The clapper. Oh, God. I, 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 let me tell you something. I cannot wait for October 11th when they play each other. I hope the Cowboys run up the score on him. Not because it's the Giants, but because I cannot stomach Jason Garrett's appearance anymore. So I digress. McCaffrey's the man. Draft him number one, and your only worry is the funny team name you could come up with, Mac Attack, Return of the Mac. Set it and get in the playoffs as long as you don't screw up the rest of your draft. Well done, Ant.
0: We'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Appreciate everybody listening. Fair Catch Kick podcast. Hopefully this survives to a second episode and we'll deliver our picks 6 through 10 shortly. Have a good night, everyone.